Good morning, Orlando, and happy Independence Day or day before Independence Day. This is Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning a White House official says the latest Trump tweet is not a threat, and SpaceX will try again. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. Yes, Trump tweeted again and caused another furor. So you'll get my take. And we'll take your calls next on Good Morning Orlando. And good Monday morning. It's 6.01 on News Radio 102.5. A tweet showing a modified wrestling video of President Trump punching a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face is not a threat. That assessment from White House Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor Thomas Bossert. He said on ABC's This Week, President Trump is, quote, expressing himself genuinely. I think no one would perceive that as a threat. I hope they don't, end quote. Bossert says the president has, uh, quote, found a way of communicating directly with the people. And occasionally he cares to speak about those cable programs that are beating him up on beating up on him unfairly, end quote. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Police in France say two gunmen opened fire near a mosque in the southern city of Avignon, injuring eight. Local media reports say terrorism is not suspected and that it appears the shooting stemmed from a dispute between young people. The incident happened last night around the time worshippers were leaving the mosque. The shooters were reportedly in masks and one was armed with a rifle while the other had a handgun. Police are still looking for those suspects. Back here stateside, the state government shutdown continues today in New Jersey as lawmakers are being ordered back to Trenton to try and come up with a budget agreement. Governor Chris Christie says his hands are tied until a proposed budget agreement comes across his desk. Meanwhile, the main sticking point behind the inability to pass a budget seems to be giving the state increased access to Horizon Blue uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield of New Jersey's finances. State Assembly Leader Vincent Preto says it's not enough time has been given to debate a bill involving the state's largest health insurance provider. Horizon CEO Bob Marino is expected to be in attendance at an emergency session in Trenton. In local news, fireworks might not be the only thing shooting off into the sky this long holiday weekend. SpaceX could launch a commercial satellite today after yesterday's launch was postponed. The launch of the Falcon 9 rocket was scrapped just seconds before liftoff because of technical issues. If those issues are resolved and the weather cooperates, the launch could take place tonight at the Kennedy Space Center with a one-hour window opens at 737. This is amazing news. I did not expect to read this this morning, but uh, more millennials are having strokes. Really? Yeah. A number of recent studies show strokes are surging among America's 18 to 34-year-olds. Sci- I mean, do they know why? Well, Scientific American magazine asked stroke experts to analyze research, including a CDC study that showed a 32% jump in strokes for millennial women and a 15% increase for millennial men from 2003 to 2012. The experts who reviewed the data found that young adults living in the West and Midwest were more likely to suffer strokes. The doctors say obesity, diabetes, drug use, and physical inactivity could be making younger people more vulnerable to strokes. Yeah, I could definitely see, especially the inactivity. Yeah. It's a big part because everyone's at home playing video games, I guess. (laughs) I can't wait to get back on my couch. (laughs) (laughs) And finally, the story of how fireworks became an American symbol is a long one stretching all the way from ancient China to present day. Pyrotechnicians work with technology that has existed in some form since 200 B.C. 
Really? Yeah, when early firecrackers were made in hollowed-out bamboo and used to scare off evil spirits. Then gunpowder was invented, really upping the ante and the noise. Queen Elizabeth I created the official position of Fire Master of England. Fire Master of England. That's right, leading to the very first ever fireworks show. Finally, Italian immigrants who knew copper and white potassium added color to the explosions, brought fireworks with them when passing through Ellis Island. I think if I uh, shoot off fireworks at my house, I'm going to make everyone call me the Fire Master (laughs) of Orlando. Fire Master. (laughs) That's what I'll refer to you today as. Yes. Okay. So All right. Is that good. work you're, for you? Your fire master, Michael Yaffe. Fire yes. master, Michael Yaffe. I think that's awesome. Are you going to watch fireworks? Um. Yeah, I probably will. Do you ever shoot them off yourself, or just? No, I'm not. I'm kind of a chicken when it comes to that stuff. Really? Yeah. I, I don't really think am. I've ever heard you call yourself a chicken with over anything. anything. I know. And what's really amazing is uh, later on this morning, I'll have some stories about the fact that you know fireworks are illegal. Only you're only supposed to have sparklers. Well, yeah, anything I believe it's anything that goes anything that flies, anything yeah, that goes up in the air. Yeah, but so it's like, interesting with the uh, yeah how you can get around that rule. Well, you have to sign a waiver saying you're using them to scare birds. I think exactly. And every I mean it's <laughs> it's kind of one of the most ridiculous laws because it's not enforced exactly over the holidays. So why do we have it, Firemaster? What would be your answer? Get rid of it? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I heard, I heard that the governor of Virginia, by the way, I guess because they have a law against it, told people in his state to go to Tennessee and shoot them off, <laughs> shoot off fireworks and protest to that law. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. So he, apparently he's really upset. I have, to, I have to get the details of that, but I remember seeing that in passing <laughs> where he's upset that Virginia has that law as well. <laughs> So go to the neighbor's state, <laughs> I guess shoot so. off the fireworks there, you know, and then come back home. Yeah, I uh, guess. You know? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know if that's the best plan for your state. But. I don't either. But kudos <laughs> for creativity. Yes. Kudos for creativity. Right now, WFLA News Time at 6.07, and you should check out 22 Patriotic Foods. You really should try this 4th of July. You can see the pictures and the details at 1025wfla.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Firemaster Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando with Bud Hedinger and Deborah Roberts on News Radio 1025. Okay, so I was wrong. It was not the governor of Virginia, but it was Republican Ed Gillespie who was running for the oh. governor of Virginia. And he wants to liberate Virgin- liberate Virginians from the rinky-dink sparklers and snakes <laughs> that passes the 4th of July fun in the state and is calling, you know, for an end of that law. Wow. So maybe, maybe you'll get a, such a groundswell of I, support exactly. from the fireworks base. <laughs> I didn't know that wasn't a base in the electric. I didn't either, <laughs> but we learned something new every day, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> Thank you, Deb. <laughs> You're and welcome. Speaking of fireworks, Trump caused even more fireworks this week with another tweet that has caused some furor. We're going to uh, talk about that. Get my take. Take your calls. And of course, we have Rowena's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, welcome to Good Morning Orlando, everyone. I hope you're having a good week. I hope you have a wonderful Independence Day tomorrow shooting off fireworks or however you want choose to celebrate it. Uh, this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. 
And um, we also have Tom Benson, who is producing today. Good morning, Tom. Good morning. I'm looking forward to the fireworks tomorrow because I don't have to buy them or set them off. We got a neighbor who goes always goes overboard. <laughs> really? I think every neighborhood has one that just he goes That's over true. the top with it, you know? They, they, every neighborhood has a fire master. That's right. As we talked about. Uh, <laughs> that's pretty cool. That's good. So does he let you shoot him off at all? or No, I, I huddle in the house with the dog. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, my cat doesn't usually like the fireworks either. All right. So speaking of fireworks, we have Trump's latest tweet, which I just did the news update on, in which he decided to tweet a video. Now, I guess years ago, he was on WWE. And he did a whole bit with them where he did some wrestling. And there was a fan video going around where they superimposed CNN logo over the guy that Trump, you know, beat up. I should really put beat up in air quotes because it's, it's, w, it's world wrestling entertainment. It's not really beating anyone up. Is it fake, would you say? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, you know, it's cor- not going to not say it, I wouldn't but. go that far. I'd say it's choreographed, you know? Well, I mean, it's, it's a show. Yeah. It's a show. And especially what Trump was doing in that video is fake. And uh, actually, here's a, go ahead and play the audio from that tweet. Just a little bit of what it sounded like. Now, this is CNN's response to this. CNN put out a statement and said, It's a sad day when the President of the United States encourages violence against reporters. Clearly, Sarah Huckabee Sanders lied when she said the President had never done so. Instead of preparing for his overseas trip, his first meeting with Vladimir Putin, dealing with North Korea and working on his health care bill, he is involved in juvenile behavior far below the dignity of his office. We will keep doing our jobs. He should start doing his. Two words come to mind. Sanctimonious pontification. <laughs> Those are big <laughs> words, but I think you're right. Look, I, I have not been a big defender of all of Trump's crazy tweets. I did not defend, and neither did Bud, his tweets against Mika. Because those were really personal attacks. And he had tweets during the campaign against other Republicans that were personal attacks. That really were, I believe below the dignity of the office. And you could argue that, yeah, some of this is getting juvenile. I mean, it seems like we care more about slapping the other side over Twitter than actually getting anything done or promoting real conservative policies. And that's a problem. But to say this is inciting violence, uh, uh, give me a break. It's a joke, okay? I really just think it's a joke. And this is coming from someone who has not been a big defender of Trump's tweets. For one, it's professional wrestling. I mean, and two, I think if anyone else put it out there, no one would thought that person was inciting violence. They thought it was, they would think it was just a funny joke that was a metaphor of what Trump has been doing fighting back against the media. It really is just a metaphor. Now, that being said, I do think we're all hypocrites a little bit on this because it's funny to hear CNN blast Trump over this when CNN was the one defending the Julius Caesar play that kills Trump and assassinates Trump. Good point. So now they're all sanctimonious and saying this incites violence. But when someone's inciting violence against Trump, they don't really care. So the play was art 
and the WWF uh, video was not art. Yeah, no, this this was inciting. Does anyone yeah. really believe that he's trying to incite violence against the press? But not only that, I do think some Trump supporters are probably hypocritical because let's say it was turned the other way around and this was some kind of video where someone was beating up on Trump and it was going out. I think all the Trump supporters would be like, this is inciting violence against Trump. Not all those Trump supporters, but some of them would be saying that. And when I look at something like this, I'm thinking, okay, I think we all need to calm down a little bit. I understand. I've been against some of his personal attacks on Twitter. I don't think it's something the president should be doing, but this is just, we're just making a big deal out of everything. That being said, a lot of this is distracting from the stuff we really should be talking about, which we will talk about later in the show. But I do think that what helps Trump in this a lot is how the reaction, the overreaction is sometimes beyond Trump himself and what he's doing. So we're going to talk about that and take your calls next. And we have Orlando's news, weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFL. And this is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. We have Tom Benson producing and Deborah Roberts is here, of course. So we've been talking about Trump's latest tweet Fuhrer. Because that's all that anyone ever seems to talk about anymore. Just imagine a world. I just sometimes I'd like to imagine a world where we're not, where um, Trump isn't tweeting all this crazy stuff and we're focused on the actual issues. We actually are. In the 7 o'clock hour, I'm going to get into the latest with Obamacare stuff because there's a lot to talk about there. But, you know, the fact that Trump, you can't just say, well, the media shouldn't focus on this. Trump tweets this because he wants people to focus on it. So you can't absolve Trump from all blame there. That being said, I think a lot of the media attacks and the media overreaction to Trump's tweets are really his best friend. I mean, look what Keith Oberman tweeted over the weekend. I mean, he's just gone crazy. You ever watch his videos lately? You talk about someone who's mentally incapacitated. He says, please retweet if you agree the cabinet must invoke the 25th Amendment today. And immediately removed Donald Trump from the presidency. He also tweeted, Real Donald Trump has just attacked freedom of speech in an Independence Day speech. Impeach him. Indict him. Imprison him. Erase his name. I think that was a pretty good impression of of Keith Oberman, by the way. It's pretty much what he sounds like. See, this is what I mean. If the Democrats really wanted to have a smart strategy against Trump, they would just say, well, he's dumb. He's not taking things seriously. Let's move on. But instead, what the Democrats and the left do is they overreact. They say he should be impeached. They say he should be thrown from office. They say he's inciting violence. And that kind of stuff, when they do that, all they're doing is rallying support behind Trump. So even a lot of these people who voted for Trump, who were a little reluctant, to vote for Trump. They see the outright attacks and overreaction of the left and the media. And they just say, look, it makes them want to support Trump even more. Not only that, but all of this is a game. The media loves it because it gives them so much content. And Trump loves it because it's his thing. He loves to go after the media. He, he watches 24 hour news all the time. We all know he does. And he watches all the channels. And speaking of this, Carl Bernstein, I have the audio here. 
Tom Benson, Carl Bernstein from Wood, you know, uh, from Watergate fame, Woodward and Bernstein fame. He came out and he was on CNN and he was saying the same type of overreaction stuff. Here it is. First, it's not just anti uh, CNN, it's anti freedom of the press, it's anti freedom of speech. It is a definitive statement by the President of the United States. Uh, and it also goes to the question that many military leaders in this questions are asked questions uh, raised by military leaders in this country now, uh, by the intelligence community, by people in Congress about the stability of the president of the United States. This is an index of his state of mind uh, visually. Uh, it's very disturbing. Uh, there's nothing light. Uh, lighthearted about it whatsoever. It is an incitement. Oh, it geez. is definitive, as I say. It is uh, definitive. The way this president views a free press and its exercise uh, under the First Amendment to the Constitution. See what I mean? If if they would come out and just say this is juvenile, this is be- below the dignity of the office, that's one thing. But to say this is inciting violence, this is totally an attack on the free press. It's just so overboard. And it makes people like me, who was a kind of a reluctant Trump voter in the beginning, rally behind Trump because this is just getting crazy. Seems like you agree, Tom Benson. Well, I, I, what struck me is he mentioned the First Amendment, but let's not talk about the Second Amendment. You know, let's just concentrate on <laughs> the first. That's what's yeah. really important here. Because I know. They, they don't like all the other amendments. Right. The Tenth Amendment, you can throw that in there as well. But, I mean, you're exactly right. This overreaction to his, to his tweets and stuff, it, it's just, it was a joke. Okay? It was a joke. He is not inciting violence. He loves the media, okay? Even though he attacks them and everything, he's he constantly watches them. And he's just fighting back because the CNN has basically been attacking him before he even got into office. So, I mean, come on, let's calm down. And this is coming from someone who hasn't been a big defender of some of his personal attacks. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We got Deborah Roberts coming in at the bottom of the hour. And, of course, the Bloomberg Business Report with Gina Cervetti and Elena's news weather and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, and welcome back. This is Yaffe filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. I hope everyone's having a good week and we'll have a really good Independence Day celebration tomorrow it's that time at the bottom of the hour where we get updated on the latest news with deborah robertson what do you got for us deb well i'd rather listen to carlos santana right now <laughs> myself if we could yeah way to go tom benson tom benson always picks he's, the music that he deborah loves oh, he, he, picks, just, he picks it specifically for deborah Roberts. i don't think he does but he's got a good he's got he's got good choice over there he's listen to a, that and his music's been a little chill today it's been a little yeah. laid back today i've noticed have you noticed okay. that yeah yeah was it a late night for you, Mr. Benson? Yeah. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. Nine o'clock versus eight o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Tim, what do you got for us? Well, a tweet showing a modified video of President Trump wrestling a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face is not a threat. Whatever the content of that particular tweet is or any tweet, he's demonstrated a genuine ability to communicate to the people. That assessment from White House Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor Thomas Bossert. He said on ABC's This Week, President Trump is, quote, expressing himself genuinely. I think no one would perceive that as a threat. I hope they don't. 
Bossert says the president occasionally cares to speak about those cable programs that are beating up on him unfairly. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Twitter, meanwhile, says President Trump's latest tweet against a major news outlet doesn't break any of their rules. The social media giant told CNN that they reviewed the tweet Sunday, which shows again the modified video of Trump wrestling a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face. Rather, In a statement, CNN accused Trump of encouraging violence against reporters. However, Twitter says it didn't violate any rules because of the lack of detail in the tweet itself. Twitter says it also considered the political context and the ways the tweet could be interpreted. According to the company's rules, Twitter can suspend a user's account for many reasons, including violent threats and targeted abuse or harassment. The Christian baker at the heart of a religious rights case says he's getting death threats. The owner of Masterpiece Cake Shop in Colorado, Jack Phillips, says the worst part about the threats is that he's forced to answer every call now so that the threats don't go to his wife and his daughter. Phillips gained national attention when he refused to make a cake for a same-sex couple's wedding celebration, citing his religious beliefs. The Colorado Human Rights Commission and the Colorado Supreme Court ruled against Phillips, but last week, the U.S. Supreme Court agreed to hear the case this fall. Nothing says 4th of July like fireworks, and there are plenty available in Florida if you're willing to lie. Technically, the only fireworks are sparklers and fountains, but Cassia Cinco at the Florida Fire Marshal's office says there's a loophole in the law. There is an agricultural exemption within the statute that allows people that are purchasing fireworks for um, frightening birds away from crops or fish hatcheries um, would allow them to purchase fireworks. Well, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of fish hatcheries around here in Central Florida that you want to scare birds away from. I do have some annoying birds. Do you? Yeah, I mean, they're just such a nuisance. I need these fireworks, Deb, to get rid of them. If you're willing to sign a waiver (laughs) swearing that you intend to use them for those Uh agricultural purposes, you can buy all the illegal fireworks you want. No one actually checks those forms, but Cinco says, still, be careful what you sign. Yeah. And finally, an estimated 150 million people will eat hot dogs this 4th of July. The National Hot Dog and Sausage Council conducted a poll which found Americans say beef is their preferred hot dog meat. The poll showed 61 percent of Americans. Yeah, chose Hmm. beef. Twelve percent chose pork and seven percent chose turkey. The council says regardless of which meat you prefer, a hot dog is a great way to unite people. I, I just like the, the what was it, the hot dog and sausage council? What, what did you call it? <laughs> yeah, the National Hot Dog and Sa- Sausage Council, yeah. Nice. I didn't know there was one, but yeah. uh, just so you know, July, July is National Hot Dog Month. And I will be celebrating it a lot. You should. (laughs) This dog is for you. You can get these stories and more at 1025WFLA.com. The first hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe continues now. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. And uh, we'll bring in Gina Cervetti from the Bloomberg Business Newsroom, and she'll give us uh, the business report. And Gina, how are you this morning? I am well. How about yourself? Pretty good, pretty good. Uh, what do the stock futures look like uh, ahead of this Independence Day week? Mm-hmm. Well, the stock futures are signaling a higher Wall Street open as we begin trading in the second half of the year. It's a shortened trading day today. The stock market closes at 1, the bond market at 2, ahead of July 4th when the markets are all closed tomorrow in the U.S. And uh, right now we have the Dow futures up 66 points. That's a pretty good gain. So, as I said, it looks like uh, we might be headed for a higher Wall Street open this morning. 
All right, and we still have some economic data to watch for today. What do we got to watch for, Deb, or Gina? Yes, we do. We've got uh, construction spending, a report on manufacturing, and we've got auto sales numbers, and we did get Honda sales. The U.S. car sales for Honda rose more than what analysts were expecting in June. That's a positive start to mid-year reports after a five-month skid of uh, industry declines. Sales at Honda up eight-tenths of a percent in the U.S. from the same month before. Sales of the new HRV are surging. They were up 35 percent in June. And if you're grilling burgers this week, which I know a lot of people are, there's some good news. What's the good yeah. news? Good news is low prices. Uh, burger costs remain Yay. near three-year lows <laughs> as beef <laughs> supplies sizzle. Uh, as May retail ground beef stood at about $3.55 a pound, down 4.3% from 12 months ago. And it turns out that Independence Day is the nation's top grilling day of the year. <laughs> shocker. Weber, yeah, there's a shocker for you. Weber Stephen, which makes grills, says that 87% of us are expected to barbecue around the July 4th holiday. And the gain comes as feed has stayed cheap for livestock producers. All right, and Target, this is according to the Wall Street Journal, Target is phasing out some brands. Tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yep, the retailer's making some changes. Uh, some things they say are getting stale, so they're going to try to freshen things up here. Phasing out the longstanding Massimo and Morona clothing lines. That's just a couple of brands that they're going to do away with as they launch more than a dozen new ones in the next year and a half, according to the Wall Street Journal. Target also plans to keep its discounting to a minimum on the new brands and will change up the display aisles, according to the report, which says that Cherokee is another one that's going to be replaced. All right, Gina, and I thank you so much and uh, hope you have a wonderful Independence Day tomorrow. Are you are you able to shoot out fireworks up there or? Uh, no, no, we no? are not. Oh, that's such a bummer. We just moved to New Jersey, so so, so the government is shut down. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. That's right. So you have <laughs> and quite Bud an independent. from New Jersey, too, right? Yes. <laughs> yes, he is. You can't, shoot out, you can't shoot out fireworks in New Jersey, huh? It's, uh, nope. Wow. Well, I hope you have a good Independence Day. Anyway, maybe you can watch it on TV or something. Oh, <laughs> certainly. Always enjoy them in other ways. We watch the professional. We let the professionals do it. Gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you again uh, the day after on Wednesday. All right. Enjoy. All right, and we have some uh, callers waiting to talk about Trump's latest tweets. And uh, I gave my comments, so let's get your comments. 407-916-5400, text to 23680. We have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. Yes, and this is Yaffe, the producer filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. Tomorrow we have special programming, Gordon Deal, because we will be off on the 4th of July, but Bud will be back on Wednesday. If you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, feel free to. Just search Michael Yaffe, send me a friend request, or you can like my page, my Beyond Reason Radio Facebook page. You can like that page as well. I got a text coming in. We have some text coming in on Trump's latest tweet where he superimposed CNN logo over someone um, that he wrestled with in the WWE a few years ago. So it makes it seem like he's wrestling and punching the CNN logo. And people are saying, this is inciting violence. This is against the First Amendment. Which is just an overreaction. It's really just a joke. And I am someone who has not been defending Trump's tweets. I, th- I don't like the personal attack ones. Especially 
you know, the vulgar ones. I, I, I'm not a fan of those. I don't think that's what the president should be doing. But this one, you could say maybe it's a little below the dignity of the office, but to say it's inciting violence. I just got a text, though. You can text it 23680 said, so Trump exercising free speech is a violation of the First Amendment? It's <laughs> actually a really good a really good point. So uh, let's take your calls here. You can call 407-916-5400. Got Olin in Palm Bay. Olin, what's your take on this? Hey, good morning, Michael. Uh, well, I, uh, I have more respect for someone like President Trump when he uh, fights back, when he defends himself. But after a while, I would maybe move on and... Uh, because maybe it uh, gives publicity uh, to people like uh, the Morning Joe people. You know, that's a and, good point, because it really does just help them with their ratings. <laughs> uh, and there's no doubt their ratings are going to go up a little bit after this. And uh, Yes, and that's their sole purpose, the left-wing press and the cable, left-wing cable. Uh, you know, that's their sole purpose in life is to uh, denigrate. Uh, President Trump just well, and to get higher ratings. It's never ending, Michael. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's and it's to get higher ratings. I appreciate your call, Owen. The thing is, on uh, Morning Joe, they're on vacation. Mika and Joe are on vacation. They should have postponed their vacation to take advantage of the ratings (laughs) hype here. That's true. Now they did postpone it for a day. Whoopee! After the thing happened or whatever, but I mean, they love you know secretly. Mika and Joe love it. They love it because it gets them so much attention. The media, as much as they hate Trump, they secretly love him because their ratings have been up because of Trump. You cannot buy the type of coverage they've been getting. I know. And it's it's because of Trump. So they know that stirring up this controversy continuously just helps their ratings. They know it. it that's what that one CNN producer said in that hidden video that James O'Keefe Put out there. Okay, let's take another call here. Let's go to Paul in St. Cloud. Paul, what's your take on this? Good morning. How you doing? Pretty good. What's up? I, 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 you know what? Last week I defended the thing with the Mika and 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 that morning Joe, but I agree with your last caller. It's time to move on. Uh, I find it interesting though that the uh, media is saying that this is inciting violence. When uh, Barack Obama wanted somebody to beat up Sean Hannity and Joe was going to, Biden was going to take somebody behind the gym and beat him up, they did this from a presidential podium. I find that quite interesting that uh, because he does this, the president, in, you know, expressing his feelings that it's inciting violence. Yeah, and it's just, it's a video from a wrestling, <laughs> from, yes. it's just, we I mean, all know it's fake. And stage. I do agree with your last caller 100%. And you know, last week I defended what yeah. he did. Uh, let's move on. Enough. Okay. Uh, uh, yes, he fights for his for the voters. He fights for the country. But let's move on. All right. All right, Paul. I appreciate it. And we are going to move on in this show. I want to get into this uh, statistic about local students transferring schools and some statistics going around with school choice and charter schools. And we have that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I found this in the Orlando Sentinel yesterday. Actually came out a couple of days ago, but I found it very interesting. Uh, the latest stats are out on uh, how many students are deciding to transfer schools. Now, obviously, this is up to the parents. So parents choosing to have their kids go to a different school. 
It says more than 1,200 local students, which is actually just a small percentage because there's 311,000 students in Lake Orange and Seminole Public Schools. But 1,200 local students will start school in August at a campus outside their home attendance zone. Uh, Orlando Sentinel reports that they are taking advantage of a new state law that makes all public schools, at least in theory, open to any student in Florida. More on trying to allow choice, school choice, having students, giving parents and students and families more options, which I think is a good thing. It says they didn't really know what to expect, so this seems pretty reasonable. But what they're finding is that many of the students are applying to get into other schools, but they can't get into these schools because the schools have no room. So part of the law is they can transfer to another school, but they that's only if that school has room and they have to provide transportation, of course. It says... Um, it says the new law has the potential to upend school attendance and patterns along the counties, long based on students' home addresses, yada, yada, yada. It says Orange received 485, Orange County received 485 transfer applications and granted 420 of them, including 13 from students who live outside the county. Um, this to me, I mean, it's kind of, it's not a huge number in percentage of all of them. But to me, it does show that there is a demand for this, that it shows that many parents would like the option to be able to get their kid in a better school if they have if they have the ability to do that. I don't really see anything wrong with that. Now, I think it should go further. There's been a lot of attacks on charter schools lately. Scott Maxwell has a column in the Orlando Sentinel talking about how and pointing out that a lot of the charter schools in in the state of Florida are getting worse grades than the public schools. But the, he also pointed out that a lot of that has to do with a lot of these charter schools are built specifically for special needs kids. So it's hard to, you know, special needs kids, it's hard to grade them on academic performance because they're special need. It's a whole different category. And a lot of the school grading thing has become kind of a joke, and he points that out. But, I mean, charter schools... There have been some places where charter schools have done very well in the country outside of Florida. New Orleans had a lot of success with charter schools after Katrina, you know, destroyed a lot of the public schools in the area, ruined a lot of the public school system. They went to a more charter school-based system, and it's doing a lot better. One thing that has success as well is private school vouchers. There was a new study, and I found this from the Daily Signal, that pointed out that in Indiana and Louisiana, a lot of times when failing kids um, are able to transfer to a private school because of a private voucher, in a couple of years, they're able to catch up and do just as well as their public school counterparts. Now, some people say, well, this shows it's not really any better because they're just catching up. But a lot of times, the kids that are transferring are failing in the public schools, and that's why they transfer in the first place. But I think choice is a good thing. And choice, to me, doesn't necessarily mean that public schools don't do well, that public schools get closed or something. If the public schools, like, for instance, if the charter school is failing, but the public school is doing well, at least then you have the choice between, okay, well, then I won't take, take them to the charter school, and I'll put them in the public school. But then in other areas, 
where the charter school or the private school is doing better and the public school is not doing well, then at least you would have the choice to be able to transfer them to that better school. And then you have competition where those failing schools could say, we really need to change. We really need to do better. Or we're going to lose all these students to this charter school that is doing a lot better. I mean, we have choice in so many other parts of our country, in our, in our economy mostly. There's full of choices. No one would want to take away those choices there. But we want to take away choices in public schools. Most people agree that public schools need to do better, that schooling and education in this country needs to do better for our students. Now, to me, a lot of that has to do with curriculum as well, that the curriculum in this country is not focused on what it really needs to be focused on. That's kind of a separate issue in parenting and discipline and all that. But I think I think choice is a good thing, and I'm glad to see we have that, but we have to go further, and the new education bill that was in the Florida legislature does that as well. So I think we'll see some good positive outcomes on this. Now, speaking of no choices, the Democrats want to go to a no choice system in health care to single payer. More and more Democrats, more and more liberals are calling for single payer health care in the United States. This was predictable. And this is why people like me were against Obamacare. We'll talk about that. There's a column in salon.com, a leftist publication that calls just for that. We'll talk about that in the next half hour. We have Deborah Roberts, who's going to update us on the latest news at the top of the hour as well. It is 6.59 on Good Morning Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, and happy Independence Day or day before Independence Day. This is where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud today, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, a White House official says the latest Trump tweet is not a threat. And FHP will be out in force for the 4th of July. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So more and more Democrats and liberals are calling to fix Obamacare by moving to a single-payer system. Is that where we're headed? We'll talk about that this half hour. And good Monday morning at 7.03 on News Radio 1025. Homeland Security and Counterterrorism Advisor Thomas Bossert says a modified video of President Trump wrestling with a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face is not a threat. No one would perceive that as a threat. I hope they don't. But I do think that he's beaten up in a way on cable platforms that he has a right to, to respond to. Some Republicans, meanwhile, are weighing in after President Trump's Twitter rampage against major news outlets. Senator Mike Lee of Utah tells CBS's Face the Nation the president is, quote, a unique man. The Utah Republican describes Trump's method of governing as one that differs from many of his predecessors. Lee says it's not going to do any good for him to comment on things people don't like about the president's Twitter behavior. Lee says the best thing to do to elevate civil dialogue is to do whatever we can to make sure we treat others kindly with dignity and respect. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A lot of Floridians celebrate with alcohol on the 4th of July and then hit the road. So Captain Jeffrey Basanti at the Florida Highway Patrol says they concentrate on drunk drivers this time of year. You know, people tend to drink more during the 4th of July weekend. It's a long holiday weekend for some, but uh, we're encouraging everybody to please, you know, designate a, a driver and do not drive impaired. 
Eight people died in Florida traffic crashes last 4th of July and 14 the year before that. AAA predicts a record number of Americans will be traveling for the 4th of July holiday. That's up nearly 3% over last year, thanks mainly to lower gas prices. An estimated 37 million people will drive to their Independence Day destinations, while others will take planes, trains, or catch the bus. According to AAA, Orlando tops the list of the most visited places for 2017 summer travel based on bookings. But we're Wherever you're headed, it's expected to be the most traveled 4th of July holiday weekend ever. You know, I never thought I would see gas below $2 a gallon in my life ever again. But yeah. it is right now. It's like one ninety four, one ninety three in a lot of places. Makes me very happy. Make, absolutely, because this is normally the time of year where we expect prices to go up. Yeah, yeah, that's what they say, but not this year. Not this year. That's awesome. Overseas, 31 people are injured and 17 are unaccounted for and feared dead after a tour bus hit a truck and burst into flames today in the German state of Bavaria. Police say 48 people were on the bus when it crashed. Laptops are now okay on flights coming to the U.S. from Abu Dhabi. Officials announced that Abu Dhabi International Airport and the United Arab Emirates and Etihad Airways, which is based there, are in compliance with new security standards. The U.S. banned travelers from eight countries, including the UAE, from carrying laptops in airplane cabins over fears terrorists could use the devices to smuggle bombs. In local news, an escaped inmate is back behind bars after being found in her underwear. (laughs) Deputies say Alexandra Pablos escaped from the Orange County Jail over the weekend before being found a short time later near 36th Street. Pablos had ditched her jumpsuit and was wearing just her skivvies when a police dog spotted her. Deputies say the dog bit her several times, but Pablo suffered only minor injuries. I mean, is this like freedom? And she just rips it off. Freedom! I mean, are they really that bad? Are they itchy or something? (laughs) Kudos for her uh, imagination. Stripping off her jumpsuit. Leaving it at the at the fence and sure, then running around. Yeah, no one's going to notice running around town in your underwear. <laughs> yeah, she should have had more of a plan, I think. Yeah, I think so, too. And finally, robots are once again taking jobs away from humans. But this time, it's a job few people will miss. Researchers at a university in Morocco have invented a robot that milks scorpions for their venom. <laughs> <laughs> What, this Was this a job that was in high demand before? I'm not really sure, but it turns out scorpion venom, scorpion venom is a very useful ingredient in everything from cancer research to anti-malaria drugs. Really? Yeah. The old-fashioned way of getting the wow. venom carries significant risks, obviously, <laughs> not the least of which is possibly a deadly sting. So the new robot grabs the scorpion, shoots it with electricity, stimulating the venom gland, the robot can even be programmed for multiple sizes of scorpions. Yeah, I think you're right. I think the robots can They, they can, can have that job. That. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I don't have a problem with that. <laughs> WFLA News Time at 7.07. Read about why hearing voices may not necessarily be a bad thing. Very good news for me. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say that. <laughs> Sometimes the jokes just write themselves. You can get the story, though, at 1025wfla.com. The second hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. Yes, and it's the day before Independence Day, so I want to wish everyone a happy Independence Day. Yeah. I talked with Gina from the Bloomberg Business Report in, uh, about a half hour ago, and I asked her, you know, she's she's up in New Jersey, New York area, if they could shoot fireworks up there. 
And she said, uh, no. And then she sent me an email. And I'm thinking, you know, they could have sparklers or whatever, but they just couldn't shoot off the big stuff. No, she says they just passed a law a couple days ago that allows them to have sparklers, you know, for the first time. Is it any wonder New Jersey state government is shut down right now? (laughs) Yeah. So. (laughs) Yay. So now they can have a sparkler. (laughs) Yay. Enjoy. Only 80 years late. (laughs) But enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Deb. (laughs) You're welcome. So more Democrats are calling to fix Obamacare by going to nationalized health care. Kind of predictable. We'll talk about that in Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. If you want to send me a friend request on Facebook, just send me a friend request. Search Michael Yaffe. I'll accept it. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. I hope everyone's going to have a great Independence Day celebration tomorrow. Maybe the first to wish you a happy Independence Day. By the way, we have Tom Benson producing this morning as well. So. When Obamacare was being debated, and even before it was passed, and when it ended up being passed, one of the biggest complaints by people like me and conservatives and Republicans is that it was really just a stepping stone towards single payer, towards nationalized health care, that that was really the goal. In fact, I predicted years ago that what would happen is the Democrats would say, well, Obamacare doesn't go far enough. That it's okay, but it doesn't go far enough. So we need more government. So the next step's really going to be a public option or a Medicaid for all, like Bernie Sanders is supporting. Well, it turns out I'm being proven right, and a lot of conservatives like myself are being proven right as well. In fact, what got my attention on this is there was a column in Salon.com a Democrat liberal column from a Democrat liberal publication by a guy by the name of Bill Curry. This is what he said. He said, hey, Democrats, quit defending Obamacare. Let's fix it by moving toward a single payer system. More and more people are calling for this. In fact, Elizabeth Warren came out last week and said, President Obama tried to move us forward with health care coverage by using a conservative model that came from a conservative think tanks and yada, yada, yada. He says, she said, now it's time for the next step. And the next step is single payer. Unfortunately, the Republicans are not helping here because the Republicans are trying to pass a bill in the Senate that's really just Obamacare light. That keeps a lot of the main structures of Obamacare in it. We've given up on the premise of freedom in health care, of markets in health care. Free markets in healthcare, capitalism in healthcare, choices, competition in healthcare. We've given up on that. Even the Republicans are starting to give up on that, unfortunately. But what I find interesting is that more Democrats are calling for it, and they're calling for it openly. Now, they do admit that Obamacare has its problems. From Bill Curry and Salon.com says, Hellbent on proving they can beat something with nothing, they offer criticism with no alternative. Their one tangible vow is to save Obamacare, not fix it. They studiously avoid telling us how they do either. Criticism of Democrats there. More liberals are calling for the Democrats to stop defending Obamacare, fix it, and move to single payer. He continued on later in the piece. He said Democrats spend lots of time defending Obama's legacy, 
I suppose it's unavoidable, but Obamacare doesn't need to be defended. It needs to be fixed and not just tweaked. We start with a strategic choice, go direct or to single payer or look first to a public option, which is just right down the road to single payer. Admits that Obamacare has problems, but this was predictable. I knew this was going to happen, that Democrats were going to take Obamacare as a stepping stone towards single payer. This is why Republicans, they call Republicans obstructionists. When we were, oh, they won't even work with Obama to pass health care reform because they knew what the Democrats were up to. They knew that the Democrats were just trying to get us towards single payer. How do you compromise with that? You have one side that wants, or used to want free markets, and another side who wants complete government control of health care. Now, he admits the problems with the Affordable Care Act in this piece in Salon.com. He says the fatal flaw of the Affordable Care Act is that it costs too much. Early on in the debate over the bill, we heard the novel phrase bending the cost curve, a sure sign the White House had given up on actually cutting costs. Those hardest hit were the very small businesses and self-employed the public option was meant to serve. When the law took effect in 2014, a single person previously insured and earning 46000 a year got no public subsidy but saw her premiums, deductibles, and co-pays soar. Many lost what coverage they had and paid a fine to boot. When they realized what had been done to them, they didn't need Fox News to rile them up, he says. This is Obamacare brought health insurance to upwards of 20 million people, but for millions of unsubsidized the mandates and exchanges with which it most closely identified just made life harder. A Democrat, a liberal here, a leftist from Salon.com admitting that Obamacare didn't work, admitting that Obamacare raised premiums, but of course his solution is more government, even though government is causing things to be even worse. His solution is more government. But here's the thing. More and more Americans seem to be buying into the premise that we need single payer, which would be a disaster, in my opinion. And the Republicans are caving. They don't want to pass real market reforms. Are we headed towards single payer in this country? Is there any way to stop it? 407-916-5400, text to 23680. I'm going to talk about the problems with this and maybe some of the solutions. We have Orlando's News, Weather, and Traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. 407-916-5400, text to 23680. Got a big smile on your face in there, Tom Benson. I feel like you're up to something. Well, it, it wasn't planned. It just worked out this way. You had that uh, sad story about the strokes on the increase. <laughs> And and the bumper music here is another one bites the dust. Uh, oh. you know, <laughs> Way ga- to be insensitive about my generation, a, Tom a, Benson. A little gallows humor <laughs> there. <laughs> yes, and this is, by the way, a millennial right here. Yeah, if you filling in for Bud and Tom Benson producing. Uh, we've been talking about how it seemed to be on the track towards single pair, how the Democrats are now openly calling for it, and it could possibly work. Because the idea of free health care, even though it isn't free, it's just a different way of being run through government. They would have to cut costs somehow, which would be through rationing, which happens in other countries. Um, but they, it's attractive to people because people like free things. And the government's been so involved in our health care for so long, they've screwed everything up and just made it worse. So people think the best option is to just go to single payer. 
and the Democrats are calling for it, and the Republicans are caving with their Obamacare light bill, in my opinion. Let's take a call here. Let's go to Robert in Oviedo. Robert, what's your take? Hey, good morning, Yaffe. One of the biggest problems with health care, I'll say it's the biggest scam in America, they don't have to post their prices. I mean, think about years ago when we had the auto repair ripoffs, and then they made them give written estimates. Recently, I went get a colonoscopy, never paid more than 3000 for a routine colonoscopy. My doctor says, i got to meet you at the hospital. I'm at the hospital, I'm asking them twice, what's the cost? What's the cost? Won't tell me. I get done, I get a bill for $18,600. What? The insurance company pays fifteen two, and they bill me $3,600. For like, a colonoscopy? Yes. And I got the documentation. I said, you removed a polyp, not a baby. I never, I, wow. we never even paid that for delivery. I, I was so pissed. I wrote can a I, nasty letter. Um, they wrote the the rest of the bill off, as far as I know. I, but this is the crap that goes on. There's no, there's no posting of pricing. So these mystery bills come in, and my parents tell me this all the time with Medicaid. They said, "Oh man, they just sent your mother a bill for like forty three thousand dollars, but Medicaid knocked it down to twenty six. There, there's no posting of prices, and this is why this. You are exactly ripoff. right, Robert. I mean, you you really have pointed out, and I thank you for your call, Robert really pointed out the biggest problem is there is no connection between the cost, the price, and the consumer. And this is something I noticed. I noticed, because I have a health savings account now, that I tend to shop around more naturally because I look at the cost, because I use my health savings account to pay for the cost. We never have done that before. And when you take away that relationship, all you get... You get increased prices. You get skyrocketing costs. There's no competition. There's no choice. And that's what hurts things. And nationalized healthcare doesn't fix that problem. Nationalized healthcare doesn't fix the costs. It only changes who allocates the resources. It changes it from the free market to the government. And the government's going to try to cut costs too. And they're going to do it with ways you're not going to like either. Let's take another call. Let's go to Bertha in the land. Bertha, I thought you would call today. How are you, Bertha? talk to you yappy how you doing <laughs> happy fourth yes happy independence day Bertha. how are you y- yes i agree with the caller there is no um caps plus there's a lot of fraud in medicaid oh yes I used there to is fight with the doctors social workers and psychiatrists they, you know in new york they reimburse car fare when you got a patient and a family of four with ten dollars you giving them they live three blocks from the clinic and no buses run there and i said well why are you writing car Because I put a stamp, have my stamp write no car fare on the outside of the chart. But I wrote it because they need car fare because they got to go to another place for the afternoon. That's not what Medicaid's supposed to pay for. They're supposed to reimburse car fare from and to the clinic, not for after school programs. But they were, oh, they so needy. Uh-uh, that's not the law. And I fight with them and override those doctors all the time. They need to put caps on spending with Medicaid and post. Well, isn't that's kind of what the Republicans are doing, isn't it? No, but what I'm saying is these, these, these uh, insurance makes money. The Medicaid, the, the, the facility get reimbursed. I mean, yeah. they reimburse, I mean, car fare for what? They live three blocks down the street. And they're giving them ten dollars because they need them for after school, <laughs> you know. Yeah, but I, I ran my clinic very strict. Bertha, you are exact. I mean, 
for once, Bertha and I really agree. She's exactly right. There's so much fraud. And the Democrat solution is more Medicaid, expanding Medicaid. It just creates more fraud. That's what happens when you get too much government involvement in there. It takes out the accountability. It promotes fraud. And it just screws everything up. And single-payer health care is going to do more of that. So is the solution to repeal Obamacare now and replace later? I'm going to talk about that next half hour. And we have Deborah Roberts who's going to come in and update us on the latest news at the bottom of the hour. It's 7.30 on Good Morning Orlando. All right. What song you got for Deb now, Tom Benson? Well, what else does she deal with but dirty laundry? That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Don Henley and Tom Benson. I, right? I mean, no, he does not this. Don Henley. Yeah. Is it Don Henley? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Don't look at me. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I've heard this song a bajillion times, but I I never knew who. Uh, I know. That's youngins. You youngins. Get your ball and get <laughs> off my yard. <laughs> All right, Deborah Roberts. <laughs> you the sounded ball like my your... mom when you said that. <laughs> the ball is in your court now. And uh, what, what's the latest news out there? Well, the uh, a tweet showing a modified video of President Trump wrestling a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face is not a threat. Homeland Security and counterterrorism advisor Thomas Bossert says he sees the president as a genuine person. He's the most genuine person. And the people that see politicians and then see him find him to be someone that they can understand and relate to. Bossert says the president occasionally cares to speak about those cable programs that are beating up on him unfairly. This news brought to you by Tresco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. A Canadian teenager is not only his school's valedictorian, congratulations, he's also the only member of the graduating class. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about stealing your thunder. That must have, I mean, it's going to be a lonely Speech. Yeah, I guess so. Well, Jordan McGillivary is the only student in his class at Advocate District School in Nova Scotia. That's because (laughs) two of his classmates transferred from the school in the 10th grade. The Rural Canadian School in the town of Advocate Harbor teaches classes from elementary school to high school and has a total of 60 students. Uh, Okay, so very small. So not only is McGillivary the only senior... He's the only senior. The school is still going to hold traditional senior class activities such as graduation and prom. What? Can you make the kid feel any worse than you (laughs) did before? They're going to have a prom and everything? Does he now? I also want to know, like, when I was in high school, you had different teachers for each class. Does he have to do that to, like, go down the hall to each I don't even have, I don't even, I doubt they even have a hall. (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm very like, how does all this work? I don't know, but... Really? Prom? You think he'll use that on his resume? Valedictorian? Oh, class? absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I would. I would. Why not? I just hope he can get a date for prom because that would really stink. You're the only one at prom and you still can't get a date. <laughs> <laughs> that would just be heartbreaking. I guess I'll win uh, prom king. Yeah. yeah, And queen. <laughs> yep, yeah. Know? Might as well throw that in exactly. there, too. You know, he's going to just be the entire court. It's just going to be himself. <laughs> An Italian airport is bending the rules. The Genoa airport is allowing passengers to now bring pesto in their carry-on luggage. Okay. Passengers are allowed to bring 500 grams of pesto on their flights. The airport says it decided to change the rule because it was confiscating hundreds of pesto jars and throwing them away. Officials called it a waste of food and an annoyance to passengers. So now you can bring your pesto. (laughs) Okay. I mean, 
Don't bring more like, than six ounces of perfume, but you're more than happy to bring your pesto. I just like how they gave up. They're like, <laughs> look, well, this is just too hard. <laughs> We're just going to allow you to do it. Yeah. Whatever you want. Just bring it on the flight. <laughs> and finally, today could be a, a good for your heart because okay. it's National Eat Your Beans Day. Now, beans are good for your heart? I guess so. The day celebrates all varieties of legumes, which have been cultivated dating back to the 7th millennium B.C. Oh, I believe that. I do, too. So do you like beans? I do, except lima beans. Yeah, like, my... My mom loves lima beans. Really? I've never met anyone other than her, but she she loves them. Wow. I've never met anyone who loves lima beans. What about you? Do you love beans? Beans, beans, they're good for your heart the more you eat. I mean, <laughs> I, yes, I don't I will hate end them. It right there. <laughs> I don't hate them, but I've never like have a craving for them. What about like pork and beans? Yeah, I like them. You know, like when I go to Chipotle and get a burrito, you can get oh, black. Oh yeah, you can get black beans in it. I'll I'll do that. That's really good. Or in something like that, or, or like a, a lot of Mexican food has beans. I'm noticing. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so a lot of stuff like that, I like it. But I'm never like, mm, I wish I had some beans right now. I do. My mom makes pinto beans and rice. Really? Oh, it's a it's a complete meal, and it's very cheap. Beans That's don't true. cost a lot. Rice doesn't cost a lot. I do love rice. See. You have my mom's pinto beans, and she will change your world. Well, I have I'm to. You, that. you have to bring them in now. Okay. Is that all you got for us, Deb? Well, other foods are on the menu as well. Today is also National Fried Clam Day and National Chocolate Wafer Day. Chocolate Wafer Day. Chocolate Wafer. I didn't know it had its own day. <laughs> I did not either. I didn't know beans had their own day. This is true. Or the other one, the Fried Clam fried Day. Fried Clam Day. My claims are okay. Yeah, they're all right. I like seafood. Do you like seafood? I love seafood. Good. I basically love food. I guess that's the takeaway. <laughs> I think that is the takeaway for both of us. <laughs> yeah, love food. From this new segment. Would love some food right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is making us hungry. Yes, but it we is. probably made all the listeners hungry as well. I know. We <laughs> are the gift that keeps on giving. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Deb. You're welcome. So is the solution to repeal Obamacare and replace it later? We have some senators calling for that. We're going to talk about that in our way news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. We got Tom Benson producing. You can send me a firm request on Facebook. Search Michael Yaffe. Send me a firm request. I'll accept it. Or you can follow me on Twitter at Beyond Reason R. So it's, it's obvious that the Senate is having a hard time, and Congress in general has been having a hard time trying to pass a repeal bill, a repeal and replacement bill. For Obamacare, which, I mean, the biggest problem is they're not really even repealing it. The replacement is barely a replacement. But you have the moderate senators who want more government involvement than what's in the bill, which is just crazy. And then you have the conservatives who want more of a repeal. And then so we've come in an impasse here. Well, there was an idea thrown out last week by Senator Ben Sass and Rand Paul, really, 
And, well, let's listen to what Ben Sass had to say, his idea. Go and play that for me, Tom Benson. Yeah, so I want maximum repeal, however much repeal we can do under these arcane budget reconciliation rules. And then I want to have a conversation about real replace. To date, we've been trying to do those two things at once and not been making enough progress. I still hope that process could work, but most people are leaving D.C. today to go home for the 4th of July weekend. And so if we don't get this resolved by the Monday of the next week, July 10th, if there isn't a combined repeal and replace, plan. I'm writing a letter to the president this morning urging him to call on us to separate them. Every Republican in the U.S. Senate except for one has already voted for repeal in the past. Let's do that first. If we can't do them together, let's do as much repeal as we can. And then let's have the president ask us to cancel our August state work period and stay here and then work on replace separate. So the idea is to repeal now, get rid of all the onerous Obamacare disaster now, and then replace it later. Now, shortly after Ben Sass came out with this idea, Rand Paul was saying same thing. We need to have two separate bills. Donald Trump tweeted out, President Trump tweeted out, if Republican senators are unable to pass what they are working on now, they should immediately repeal and then replace at a later date. I have to say I like this idea. I think it's a great idea. We, I mean, they all agreed that Obamacare needs to be repealed years ago. And what they could do is fix the problems in the healthcare system piece by piece. So even when you replace, you don't have to replace it all at once. You can replace it piece by piece, but repeal all the regulations and all the problems with Obamacare first, and then replace it piece by piece. Or if that doesn't work, I would even suggest repealing it piece by piece. Repeal the parts of Obamacare that are really bad and then replace it piece by piece if we can't even repeal all at once. In an ideal world, this is what we would be doing. But there's a problem here. And Senator Rand Paul, he was on Fox News Sunday, I happened to catch it, and he commented on this. He commented on what he wants to replace it with, but really the problem on why they can't get this done And it's really sad, in my opinion. This is what he said. Well, see, my idea of replacement has always been replace it with freedom, replace it with choice, competition, expanded health savings accounts, buying groups, Mm -hmm. the association health plans that I've been pushing across state lines where you can join a buying group and get a lower price. That's my idea of replacement. So it's funny. Back in January, I was pushing repeal and replace because I thought Republicans believed in replacing it with a marketplace. Now I've discovered that at least half of my Senate Republican colleagues think replacement means replacement with Obamacare light with more federal spending and more federal programs. I'm not for that, but I am for repeal and replace. I want to expand the amount of people to get insurance at a cheaper price, but I would do it through freedom of choice. Mm. I would do it through the marketplace, buying groups across state lines and letting people save more money in HSAs. And I think the problem with Republicans now is they have insufficient confidence in what made America great, and that's capitalism, freedom of choice, competition. Think about that. The last thing he said there, he said many of his Republicans have insufficient confidence on what made America great, which is capitalism and free markets. He talked about earlier in, in that statement how, you know, he thought that Republicans believed in the market and wanted to replace it with choice and market-free market solutions. But he's finding out that almost half of his Senate colleagues don't believe in that. They believe in Obamacare White. They want the government involved just in a different way. And this is the real problem. 
the Republican Party has given up on its conservative values and has given up on free market capitalism in healthcare. And it's sad because Rand Paul's his solutions there are good ones and they're based on choice and they would help add competition and lower costs and give people more options. That should be what we want, but it doesn't seem that way. And that's why it seems like we're headed towards single payer because the Republican party has no longer decided to stand up for free markets and healthcare. It's a sad state of affairs. Hopefully maybe we can put pressure on them to get back to those conservative values, but it's not happening yet. Unfortunately. All right, we'll take your calls and texts next. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So, Mr. Tom Benson. Tom Benson's producing today. I'm your host, Michael Yaffe, for today. Yes, sir. What are your plans for Independence Day? Uh, chill. Chill? Yes, chill and have some uh, big burgers. So you're going to be one of those millions of people grilling? Uh, absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> it's the thing to do. Now, are you a burger guy, a hot dog guy, or both? I'm both, but if I had my choice, I'd eat a hot dog before I had a burger. And the thing that drives me up the wall, mustard goes on hot dogs, ketchup goes in hamburgers. Really? You don't you, like ketchup you, on your hot dogs? You, no, you don't interplay. That, what? I, that is... Oh, come on. I, you know, I'll put ketchup, onions, and jalapenos on my hot dogs. That's the 11th, no, the 12th commandment, excuse me. That's, That's the, the 12th, 12th commandment. commandment. The 11th, of course, is you speak no ill of a fellow Republican. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I feel like I don't remember reading those in the Bible. Maybe they're, they're, they were there in the fine print. They were on the back of the, uh, the, the, the <laughs> On the back the of tablets. the tablet. Yes. Okay. I'm a hot dog man fan myself, but I'll eat burgers as well. Um, and you were saying earlier that you watch your neighbor shoot off fireworks. Right. Let him, uh, you know... Uh, Three things. He spends the money, he <laughs> takes the risk, and then the police come to his house when there's complaints. And there I, usually is one towards the end. I have to say, I love that plan. I might be doing the same thing, <laughs> watching somebody else's fireworks where they get to spend the money. But I hope everyone has a good Independence Day tomorrow. And that we also remember what it's really about, celebrating our independence and the Declaration of Independence being signed on that day. And how... America has been a light for the world ever since. So, um, okay, Deborah Roberts is going to come in at the top of the hour and update the latest news. And then we're going to talk about Trump's tweet once again in the next half hour. It is 7.59 and good morning, Orlando. Good morning, Orlando, and happy day before Independence Day. This is where we update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic here on News Radio 1025 WFLA. Filling in for Bud, I'm Michael Yaffe. And I'm Deborah Roberts. And our top stories this morning, a White House official says the latest Trump tweet is not a threat. And protesters gather to impeach Trump. We'll have the details coming up in one minute. So speaking of Trump's Twitter, a lot of people like what Trump's doing, saying we need to fight back. It might be the political thing to do, but is it the Christian thing to do we'll talk about that and take your call and good monday morning it's 803 on news radio 1025 homeland security and counterterrorism advisor thomas bossert says a modified video of president trump wrestling a man with a cnn logo superimposed over his face isn't a threat bossert says sometimes trump must comment on what is being reported 
He needs to go around you and the producers that control the message and directly to the people and whatever he cares about speaking about that day. And occasionally he cares to speak about those cable programs that are beating up on him unfairly. But one Republican senator sees big problems with President Trump's attacks on the media. On CNN's State of the Union, Nebraska Senator Ben Sass said there needs to be a distinction between pointing out bad stories and what he described as, quote, trying to weaponize distrust. Sass said it's important to protect the First Amendment, calling it, uh, quote, the beating heart of the American experiment, end quote. He encouraged teaching children the importance of the First Amendment and said that effort isn't helped when the president calls the press the enemy of the American people. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. Protesters gathered in Florida, New York, and Georgia to voice their support uh, to impeach President Trump. In West Palm Beach, protesters carried signs and marched to call for the impeachment. Trump supporters rallied nearby. One sign read, quote, Trump is my president. Suck it up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You know, I, I said earlier in the six o'clock hour that I think a lot of the calls for impeachment and saying he's inciting violence. I think there's a lot of people that were reluctant to vote for Trump, but that feel like they have to defend him when the other side oh, yeah. is really attacking him like that. So in some ways, it kind of helps Trump when you see these massive protests and this massive anger. Yeah. Because it gets it gets his his supporters to really support him more than maybe they would have. And speaking of that, yes, yeah, some Donald Trump voters want the president to know they still support him. While protests around the country yesterday called for President Trump's impeachment, a pro-Trump rally was held in Clearwater. Penny Jones organized the event that drew about 30 people. She says the 4th of July weekend was the perfect time to celebrate Trump and the American spirit. Just like what uh, you said. Yeah, I mean, it, there's a divide yes, there in the is. country. But I just feel like... Because I know a lot of people that were kind of reluctant to vote for Trump, but they did it because they thought he was the better option than Hillary. But they get when they see the really vicious attacks against Trump, that just makes them more defensive, defensive of Trump. So I wonder if the Democrats, if they were smart, they would change their strategy a little bit. Yeah, they need to change a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. All the politicians need All, to change yeah, a lot of things. Absolutely. <laughs> it's not just the Democrats, no, but yes. <laughs> it, absolutely. It's on both sides of the aisle, which is why I'm a staunch independent voter. I do not I do not vote party. Yeah. I vote person. The only problem with that, because I almost became an independent, but then you couldn't vote in the primaries. That's right. Florida so is one of the few closed primary states, you know, yeah. and I know people say, well, you know, just change it. And so you can go vote in the primary. Eh, it feels dishonest. Yeah. Well, and I and I agree if you're not part of the party, you probably shouldn't vote. Exactly. In the party. You so shouldn't I agree make a, Yeah. You so, know, but that was one thing that made me for sure register Republican. Yeah, I can't. I can't. Shocker. I know. (laughs) Uh, Overseas, five African nations are creating an international military force to fight Islamist terrorism. Wait, who who is doing it? Five African nations. Okay. The initiative is a collaboration of Mali, Mauritania, Burkina Faso, Niger, and Chad. Hmm. French President Emmanuel Macron said Sunday that the force should be operated by the fall. French soldiers have been supporting anti-terror efforts in the region. The new force is expected to consist of around 5,000 troops. You know, it's interesting. We often think about, when we think about Islamist extremism spreading, we think the Middle East and maybe Europe. But it's actually a pretty big problem in Africa, too. Absolutely. Africa has had major problems yes. with some of these terrorist groups really causing a lot of a lot of damage but, in that area. And we don't focus it on it enough, but I can understand why these countries are doing that. But kudos to them for uh, trying to get the head 
Oh, yeah, of course. You know. In local news, fireworks might not be the only thing shooting off into the sky this long holiday weekend. SpaceX could launch a commercial satellite today after yesterday's launch was postponed. The launch of the Falcon 9 rocket was scrapped just seconds before liftoff because of technical issues. Now, if those issues are resolved and the weather cooperates, the launch could take place tonight at the Kennedy Space Center when a one-hour window opens at 7.37 p.m. And finally, there are thousands of names on the Vietnam Wall, and a local vet is trying to make sure they all have a picture to match. Really? Yeah, the village's resident, John like Tomstadter, is working on the Wall of Faces project to find pictures for every Florida name on the Vietnam Wall in Washington, D.C. The number of Florida soldiers killed in the war is close to 8,000, and Tomstadter has helped find pictures of more than 500 of them. He tells the ledger he and other volunteers have put in thousands of hours a year to recognize the sacrifices made by those who served. I really like that. Isn't that That's, a great story? Yeah, it's, it's going to be quite a project. Though. It is. That's going to take them a long time. But hopefully if there's anyone listening who wants to give them a hand, they'll you know help yeah. volunteer and get some more of those pictures. 500 is pretty good right now, but yeah. close to 8,000 soldiers. Yeah, and then you know this might spread to all of the wall eventually in other parts of the country and It'll take a while, but I like it. I think I like it's, a, it. it's a worthy project. Yes, I agree. WFLA News Time, it's 8.09. Check out 22 patriotic foods you must try this 4th of July at 1025WFLA.com. Going right now. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> the third hour of Good Morning Orlando with Mike Yaffe starts now. News, weather, traffic. This is Good Morning Orlando on News Radio 1025. So the question of this hour and i've talked about this before and it always creates a lot of debate so we'll open it up for calls and texts and get your take even if you like trump's tweeting think it's good politically it's time to fight back is it the christian thing to do 407-916-5400 text to 23680 we'll have that in orlando's news weather and traffic in just two minutes news radio 1025 wfla And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. So in the 6 o'clock hour, if you happen to be listening, if not, you can catch the podcast later. I talked about how I think the reaction to the CNN tweet where it's superimposed over face and it's like a wrestling thing. He's beating. So he's beating up CNN like in a wrestling match. They're saying it's inciting violence and it's against the First Amendment. And too much of an attack on the press. And I really think that's, that's just too much. I just think, no, you're way overreacting. It was just a joke. It's, for one, it's just wrestling, which is staged anyone, anyways. Not that violent. And it's, it's still in the ring, you know, for instance. And two, it was obviously a metaphor for him fighting back against the media. So this whole idea of it inciting violence, I, I'm not that offended by the CNN one. But there have been some other tweets, like the one against Mika, the one against Ted Cruz's wife, for instance, in the, in the primaries and others, where I do feel like Trump has gone too far. It's the real personal attacks like that that really, that really I don't like and that really bother me. Not so much that he's fighting back. I think fighting back is okay. I think there is a right way to fight back, though. And... You know, more than this just being a distraction from what's 
we really should be focusing on? I mean, last week was energy week. Does anyone know that? Nobody knows that because he was tweeting all this stuff. And you can't say, well, that's the media's fault because Trump wants people to focus on it. That's why he tweets it. That being said, this raises the question of the half hour. Is this the Christian thing? When Trump does these personal attacks, like he did, Psycho Joe, Mika bleeding from the face, things he said about Ted Cruz's wife, things he said about Ben Carson and stuff. Is this the Christian thing to do? And the reason why I bring this up is the current president of Liberty University, Jerry Falwell Jr., son of uh, Jerry Falwell, Baptist minister, he was doing an interview with Fox News, Judge Janine, and he was talking about how he likes Trump's Christian faith. He likes that he's willing to defend faith, and that's good. But then after that, he said this. And, you know, I even appreciate when he attacked, when, you know, the left is melting down. It's incredible to watch how they still haven't gotten over how, how Donald Trump won. And when he had some back on Twitter, I actually appreciate that. I know you probably won't agree with me on that, but he... He just, you know, in, in the last two generations, we've gone from from uh, movie stars like John Wayne and Clint Eastwood to Johnny Depp and Brad Pitt. We've gone from from military leaders with the likes of George Patton and Douglas MacArthur to Wesley Clark and Colin Powell. We've gone from world leaders like Margaret Thatcher and Ronald Reagan to Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. And I'm glad to see us. We're finally getting back to a bold leader who's willing to speak his mind. So he defends Trump's tweets there. He said, and Falwell said this shortly after his tweets on Morning Joe and stuff. And this kind of worries me a little bit, to be honest. Because now we're going in the realm, and this kind of happened after Trump's comments about grabbing the you-know-what that got out there. And I saw some Christians kind of defending it, saying, oh, that's a locker room talk, and kind of defending that's just the way some guys speak. And I'm thinking, okay, it's one thing to vote for Trump, to support Trump and his policies, but to go so far as to defend this as this is okay as a Christian to do, I'm not sure I buy that, especially when it's these personal attacks. I'm not saying, I mean, Jesus was bold when he talked a lot. He would fight back against the Pharisees, for instance, or the devil, or those bad forces in the world. But would he go so far as to say what Trump has been saying Is this really what Jesus calls us as Christians to do to our fellow man? I'm already getting a lot of texts on this and calls. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We'll talk more about this and get your take in our Atlanta's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. So I asked the question, is it the Christian thing to do? to do these personal attacks like Trump has done with Mika and Joe, but also, you know, he did with Carly Fiorina, with Ted Cruz, with Ben Carson. He's done with many others. Ted Cruz's wife. And I I played the cut from Jerry Falwell Jr. saying he likes that. You know, this is the president of Liberty University, a Christian university, son of Baptist minister Jerry Falwell, who passed a few years ago. Is this the Christian way to fight back? I'm not saying we shouldn't fight back. The Bible doesn't say don't fight back. It wants you to be bold in defending the faith and defending the truth. But is this the way to do it? 
I'm getting some texts coming in, but I want to take your calls as well. 407-916-5400. Let's go to uh, Bob in Orlando. Bob, what's your take on this? Christians are not pacifists at all. Had, look at the Crusades. Come on. This is, that's, that's a thousand years. We've been, we have not been. This pacifism that, that you're getting to be. Ah, it's very annoying. <laughs> you, okay, you well, right I'm not button. saying we shouldn't fight back, but when it I'm terms... Being, no, no, people are tired of being pacifists. The politicians have made us, made us out to look like a bunch of idiots. Well, they're just going to roll over and let them run us over. No. So That's fighting... I in the military for. Okay, Bob, I appreciate your call. So fighting back is then these personal attacks... Is that the right way to find? I'm not saying we shouldn't roll over. Nobody is. Nobody has been more bold in talking about free markets and limited government than me behind a microphone and calling out politicians when they do something wrong. But is this the way to do it? Is my question. I mean, look at this verse from James chapter one, 19 through 20. It says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger for the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32 says, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. Is Trump setting a good Christian example by doing this? Let's take another call. Let's go to Mike in Orlando. Mike, what's your comment? Hey, yeah, uh, yeah, be good morning. Happy uh, Fourth of July. Here's my comment. It's not based on religion per se. Okay. It's not a matter of whether it's Christian or not. You're, you seem to be missing the point. I mean that respectfully. Trump is a New Yorker. I came from New York. So we understand the punch-you-in-the-face mentality. It's just the way things are done up north. And not that it's right, not that it's Christian. But the tweets are brilliant. He knows exactly what he's doing. This weekend, he changed the narrative. He took control. So now people are like cats chasing the little red laser dot and crashing into the wall, as Rush Limbaugh stated. They're chasing this fake dot, and they're missing intentionally everything trump is doing which is what the military cutting the budget he hasn't really cut the budget yeah but he the media is not going to give him credit no matter what he does he can save the pope's life personally by giving him the heimlich and they're going to say he attacked the pope they're never going to work on his side so he controls the narrative they look foolish chasing the proverbial little red dot and it gives cover to everybody behind the scenes to get all the work done quietly. But he's not getting the, the work media. done. That's the problem. We haven't passed tax he reform. Is. We haven't passed health care. We haven't Congress. cut the budget. We haven't started building the wall. We, yes, we have. We have proposals out. Now, you forget about Congress with the tax cuts and health care. They're going to always play those games. Executive orders have been done. Religious freedoms have been restored. The military is happy again. We've had tremendous success behind the scenes, Jappy. Well, I I agree. I agree that Trump has done some good things, and that's why I supported him. You know, Neil Gorsuch is a good example. But one of the biggest problems I have with some of this craziness on Twitter is, you know, when if Trump was focusing on policy proposals, yes, the left and the media would still hate him. But he could still get the Republicans behind him and conservatives behind him and even moderates behind him to at least have some moral high ground to get this stuff done. But when Trump's doing all this crazy stuff on Twitter, he has the left and the media hates him. But then he also has some Republicans and conservatives who don't like him as well. So it's like, and we say, well, this is genius. He's playing some kind of 
great game that's got the media fooled. I don't know if I buy that. I think he just reacts immediately and puts his stuff out. Like you said, he's that New Yorker and gets all this attention. The media loves it and he gets the attention and we're still not accomplishing anything. I don't know. 407-916-5400. Text to 23680. We got Deborah Roberts coming in at the bottom of the hour. Hopefully we'll get to more of your calls in the next half hour. It is 830 on Good Morning Orlando. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. We have special programming tomorrow for the 4th of July. Gordon Deal will be on. Um, I'll be here. Oh, Deb will be here updating the news. So then you should definitely listen. Yeah, tomorrow. please. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Deb, we've been talking about um, a lot of people like that Trump's willing to fight back. I hear a lot of people lately say this is what they do in New York. He's a tough New Yorker and that's what they do. I mean, I don't know. I'm not from up there. But I was just asking, you know, some of these personal attacks. I personally didn't think the CNN one over the weekend was that big of a deal. But the personal attacks like the Mika one or the one against Carly Fiorina or Ted Cruz's wife or, you know, your Ben Carson over the campaign. And I asked, is this really the Christian thing to do? Because I find Christians, strong Christians like Jerry Falwell Jr. defending it, saying they like it. And I keep asking myself, is this really what the Bible teaches us? So we're taking calls on that, and uh, let's take a call from Pam in Plymouth. Pam, how are you? Good morning, Pam. Hey, hi, good morning. Uh, thanks, uh, Mike. I've been enjoying the show. Two quick points. Uh, you briefly touched on it. This man is from New York City, and not only that, he grew up on a construction site. So I think he's just being, you know, who he is. But to the Christianity point, I'm thinking that, when he started hanging out with Mike Pence, his true Christian walk was probably just beginning. And it takes a while to, you know, kind of figure everything out. And uh, I, I, I think that he'll get better and stronger in everything he does. And I believe if we just are patient with him, he will grow in his Christian walk. And we will have everything we want in this man. God All right, bless Pam. America. All right, Pam. Thank you for your call. I mean... I wouldn't. I would want anyone to grow in their Christian walk if they are. But I mean, he is the president. He needs to show it sooner ra- rather than later. Yeah, I mean this this kind of behavior would would get students suspended from school. Yeah, that's true. The personal attacks. I, I've heard. I've heard somebody else say that. That's very interesting. Let's take another call real quick. Yeah, Loretta in Titusville. Loretta, what's your take? Wow. Well, when I heard you talk about that, the Christianity part, I just had to call because. The very day that that was on about the blood on that woman's face, I was reading a book by Mark Taylor called Trump Prophecies. And this is the words exactly as is in that book. This was a prophetic word even before Trump was elected as president. Now, the scripture, Proverbs 14:4, where no oxen are, the crib is clean, but much increase is by the strength of the ox. Now, now, Mark Taylor said, in other words, if you want the strength of the bull, you have to be willing to deal with the messes it makes. Trump has made a few messes, as has everyone, and in his expressions aren't always graceful. But if the, if the country and the church want the strength of the bull, we cannot expect its pen to be always perfectly clean, integrity and honesty make far make far more matter far more than whether a person trips 
on his tongue. Integrity right. and honesty matter far more than whether a person trips on his tongue. And All right, Loretta, thank you for your call. It was an interesting take. I, I, I did not expect it to go in that direction, but, um, but uh, interesting point. <laughs> All right, we only have a couple minutes, Deb, but I wanted to at least get some of the top stories in. So what do we got, what do well, you got for us? Locally, what we have is um, right now we've got one person injured. We don't know how serious it is, but a hot air balloon has landed in a pond near Walt Disney World. Oh, wow. So sure to cause rubbernecking delays on the road this morning if you're headed out toward the theme parks. Uh, specifically Disney's parks. Just be aware. Do they do hot air balloons out there? Um, I don't believe so. This doesn't look like it's a Disney balloon. Huh. Yeah. A lot of open fields. Nothing to see here, folks. Yeah. Nothing (laughs) to see here. (laughs) Twitter says President Trump's latest tweet against a major news organization doesn't break any of its rules. Right. Okay. So the social media giant told CNN it reviewed yesterday's tweet, which shows that modified video of Trump wrestling a man with a CNN logo superimposed over his face. In a statement, CNN accused Trump of encouraging violence against reporters. However, Twitter says it didn't violate any rules because of the lack of detail in the tweet itself. This news brought to you by Trusco Bank, Florida's hometown bank. I mean, if they took down that tweet, they would have to take down a lot of tweets. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, they seriously would. Um, We've got a Florida story. Ooh, a Florida story. Yeah, Florida. It's it's a real duh, too. (laughs) It is. Oh, a real duh. Oh, it's Yeah. A Florida man accidentally shot himself where the sun don't shine. Yeah. When he sat down on a gun in the driver's oh. seat of his car. Oh, man. The Jacksonville Sheriff's Office says the man ran into his girlfriend's house Friday after the gun discharged. <laughs> At least he was able to run. Yeah. She saw that he had a wound in his groin. Oof. That's where he shot. No, no, no. <laughs> no, thank you. She took him to the hospital where he underwent surgery. The sheriff's office says the 38-year-old man had a previous conviction for cocaine possession and may now face charges of being a felon in possession of a firearm. Oh, wow. But he's going to have a really cool jailhouse story. I mean, hasn't he been punished enough? Seriously? (laughs) Does he really need to go to jail? Exactly. He has been punished. He's been punished enough. Can I tell you, um, this got me thinking about that. Uh, I, uh, there was a while where I thought maybe about getting a taser. Right. Like protect myself or something. But I am so terrified that I'm going to end up shocking myself accidentally (laughs) with that thing. It just seems like it would be so easy to do. It would be in your pocket and you just happen to hit the button and you... Happen to this guy. I mean, this was a gun. I think a gun's a little bit harder than a taser, but it just got me thinking that, yeah, be careful with the... You're going to go ahead and hold off a little bit longer on that taser, (laughs) aren't you? Probably. Yeah. No, no, thank you. Because he didn't even have his finger on the trigger. Yeah, I don't, that seems like it's a little bit harder to me. I don't know. That is very weird. It's very weird and And very funny. And then he's like, (laughs) and then he's like, oh man, he's having the worst day ever. And then they're like, oh yeah, we're also going to take you to jail for possession of that fire. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, oh, it's just things can just, you know, not get any better when it rains, it pours. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Debbie, thank you so much. You're welcome. And I hope you have a good Independence Day tomorrow. Thank you. You as well. You're going to check out any fireworks shows? I'm going to a friend's house and we'll shoot off fireworks. Cool. So yeah, uh, uh, hundreds of thousands of people are supposed to be out at Red Hot yeah. and Boom. Oh yeah. So I, I well, I live right across the street, so Perfect. I might just watch it from like. Oh, you've got the best <laughs> seat in the house. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So I'm probably going to do that. They always have a really good show. They do. They do. So have a happy and safe fourth. Yeah. You too. Thanks. And speaking of that, um, Bud on Friday 
had a dramatic reading of the Declaration of Independence that he did. And I want to replay that for today's show as well. So we'll do that next. And we have Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFO. So it is Independence Day tomorrow. And I definitely wanted to take some time out today to uh, remember what it's all about. And of course, the best way to do that is to look at the Declaration of Independence, which was the document for independence, obviously. And it was signed on the 4th of July. And um, Bud did a dramatic reading of parts of the Declaration of Independence. And we played it on Friday, but I thought it'd be a good idea to play it again today. So uh, without further ado, here's Bud Hedinger reading the Declaration of Independence. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed, that whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it, and to institute new government, laying its foundation on such principles and organizing its powers in such form as to them shall seem most likely to affect their safety and happiness. Prudence, indeed, will dictate that governments long established should not be changed for light and transient causes. And accordingly, all experience hath shown that mankind are more disposed to suffer while evils are sufferable than to right themselves by abolishing the forms to which they are accustomed. But when a long train of abuses and usurpations, pursuing invariably the same object, evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is their right, it is their duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Such has been the patient sufferance of these colonies, and such is now the necessity which constrains them to alter their former systems of government. The history of the present King of Great Britain is a history of repeated injuries and usurpations, all having in direct object the establishment of an absolute tyranny over these states. We therefore, the representatives of the United States of America, in general Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by authority of the good people of these colonies, solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states that they are absolved from all allegiance to the British Crown, and that all political connection between them and the state of Great Britain is and ought to be totally dissolved, and that as free and independent states, they have full power to levy war, conclude peace, contract alliances, establish commerce, and do all other acts and things which independent states may of right do. And for the support of this declaration, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. 
Happy Independence Day, everyone. We'll update Orlando's news, weather, and traffic in just two minutes. News Radio 1025 WFLA. And this is Yaffe, the producer, filling in for Bud. Bud will be back on Wednesday. We have Gordon Deal programming on tomorrow. But Deborah Roberts will be here updating the latest news as well. And we have Tom Benson producing. And, uh, you know, Tom, you and I were talking about shooting off fireworks. Yeah. On the 4th of July. And um, Deborah Roberts mentioned earlier how when you buy fireworks in Florida, in this area, you can buy some of the big ones. You're really not supposed to, but it's never enforced. But you buy them by signing a waiver that says you're oh, yeah. using to scare the birds. It's been going on for years. Yeah, yeah. Using them to scare away the birds. And, you know, it's one of those laws that it's just too many people do it so the police are not going to enforce it. Those angry birds <laughs> back again. <laughs> yeah, those are the real angry birds. Well, apparently we're not the only state that has laws like this. In Virginia, I guess they have laws that doesn't let them shoot off fireworks like that. Now, I don't know. I don't think they have the waiver thing like we do. Mm-hmm. But there's somebody there running for governor. Ed Gillespie, who says that needs to change. And he's actually starting a whole campaign in his run for governor as a part of his campaign to win. Well, grabs people's attention right about now, that's for sure. It actually is pretty smart, I think. Yeah. Um, I got this from the Washington Post. It said, Republican Ed Gillespie wants to liberate Virginians from the rinky-dink sparklers and snakes that pass for Fourth of July fun in this state contending that in the birthplace of American democracy, ordinary citizens should be free to shoot bottle rockets and Roman candles. Oh, he made it a freedom issue. They should be free to do it. There you go. I like it. The GOP candidate for governor vows that if elected, he will work to legalize the higher-grade fireworks already allowed in neighboring West Virginia and Tennessee. So that's very interesting. It's not available in Virginia, but in the other states. He unfurled the pledge just ahead of Independence Day and two weeks after his narrower-than-expected primary win against a Donald Trump-style rival, perhaps hoping to appeal to individual liberties-minded voters who had supported that rival. It says, For a lot of Americans, our favorite part of celebrating the 4th of July is fireworks. Here in Virginia, our fireworks are pretty rinky-dink, he says in a video. And then in the video, it shows a fizzling sparkler in his hand. <laughs> he says, standing by a country row behind a table piled high with more powerful fireworks, he continues. But right across the border in West Virginia and Tennessee, where I'm, I am now, our neighbors get to celebrate the 4th of July with fireworks like these. In Virginia, we're missing out on being able to create thousands of jobs and tens of millions of dollars in tax revenue. So he made it a freedom issue. Then he made it a tax revenue and economy expanding issue. There you go. Man, this is, <laughs> he's a smart politician. Um, let's see. He said, Dr. Northam likes fireworks as much as anyone, but he also wants to make sure you can afford healthcare in the case. This is uh, what his Democrat opponent is saying. Um, but he's, he's kind of calling for, um, let's see. He says, In time for the next 4th of July, so Virginia's living and home of our nation's founders can celebrate the holiday with the same freedom and liberty that millions of our fellow Americans already possess. Under his proposal, the fireworks would be available only to people age 18 and older. 
The plan would include an opt-out provision for localities that do not want the fireworks sold or used in their communities. Gillespie also said he would work with firefighters to adopt safety measures. He says, I just know Tennessee has really good fireworks. And so does South Carolina and Virginia's. And Virginia's, they're just pathetic. Says, I remember we were in China maybe three years ago on a business cultural thing, and it was during the Chinese New Year. In the middle of the night, you see fireworks shooting up just randomly. I said, look at that. They have more freedom. Here, we are in a communist country. So, he, oh, he compared us to a communist country now. Or the state of Virginia, anyway. How about we, I think we should bring this to Florida, too. Am I the only one who wants that? No. I mean, come on. We're doing it anyway. We're signing these waivers. It's not being enforced. Maybe we should just bring a similar law like this. I might support a candidate who does that. But I have to say, brilliant Fourth of July political move by this guy, Ed Gillespie in Virginia. All right. Well, I appreciate you all listening today. I want to wish you all a happy Independence Day tomorrow. Bud will, and I will be back on Wednesday. We have Gordon Deal tomorrow. Thank you to Tom Benson for producing. And Deborah Roberts is always giving us the latest news. And, um, well... Have a good one, and I'll end the show just like Bud does. God bless you, and God bless America. Catch you guys next time.